Hello, LLI listeners. Welcome to season two of Lovely Linky Inspirations, the podcast. To my dedicated listeners, thank you for your support. To my new listeners, thank you for tuning in. So come now, join me as we encourage, motivate, and inspire each other. Happy Monday, LLI listeners. Can you believe we are days away from saying goodbye to the month of March? Wow, time seems to be going by so quickly. But I must say, happy Women's History Month to every woman here in the States and all over the world. Yes, I realize that we here in the States celebrate the entire month being Happy Women's History Month. Um, not Happy Women's History Month, being Women's History Month, <laughs> while March 8th is International Women's Day, which is celebrated around the world. Nevertheless, women, no matter where you are in the world, know thus far you have been celebrated this entire month. I know for sure by me, and I'm quite sure by many other women and men um, in this world. Okay, what should we talk about today, right? Um, Well, apart from the fact that I've truly been slipping with recording my podcast episode, let me tell you, each week my brain says it's time to record, but my body and my emotions say something completely different. Not just one thing, it has complete different ideas, complete different thoughts about what I should be doing or what I can do. And to be honest, I just haven't been um, motivated. I've really been unmotivated um, to not just record because I love recording um, these episodes, but really I'm motivated to do almost everything, to do schoolwork, to... uh, literally almost everything, right? And, you know, I'm wondering, have you been feeling the same? If so, um, in the therapist world and even in the medical world, your doctor will use the term rule out, right? So as a therapist with clients, I try to rule out before I diagnose um, what is really going on with the client. And so I want you to do the same thing. We're going to rule out certain things. If you have been feeling like me, unmotivated, just don't want to do anything and you're not quite sure, why am I feeling this way? So that's the question I want you to ask yourself. That's the first thing you need to do in the process of ruling out is to ask yourself. Why am I feeling this way? Is it is it something medical? Is there something going on with my physical body that I'm unaware of internally or even externally if I'm having some aches and pains um, that's really affecting my motivation? Um, has something changed in your life? Like, are you spending um, more time doing something else like working, going on dates, um, going to school? Is Has there been an illness in the family? Um, or even death? Have you gone through or going through a breakup? Um, you know, 
and all of that could mean you're just tired or you're going through an emotional time, right? If you're dating, it's emotional, whether, you know, it's good because you're in a good relationship, a new relationship, there's emotions tied to that because of course there are positive and negative emotions. Or if someone passed away or someone is, is ill, then you have some, you know, negative emotions going on there. So we really want to work through that. You really want to figure out what is going on. Why am I feeling this way? Or is it just that you have lost interest? You have lost interest in whatever it is that you're supposed to do. Now, if you lose interest in everything, like getting up in the morning, taking a shower, you know, we need to have a separate conversation. But if it's just, you know, just being unmotivated to do things, but you will get up and eat and, you know, do all of those other things, then, you know, we're on track with what we're talking about. Again, you know, um, if it's more than that, then you really need to see your doctor. You really then need to see a therapist. What I'm saying here isn't, um, um, therapy advice. It is just me speaking, even though I'm a therapist, just to put that disclaimer out there. Okay. So, but once you have established, you know, why, why you're feeling the way you are, then you can work on it, right? You can figure out, um, okay, if it's this breakup that I'm going through, what can I do to get uh, get through the breakup? I, I don't like to use the term to get over the breakup. What can I do to get through or to get over anything? Is It's a process, right? So what can I do to get through this breakup? What can I do um, to help me navigate um, this job that I am working? How can I better work through this new dating experience that I'm experiencing? How experiencing? How can I manage my emotions and my time um, during this dating so I don't neglect everything that I have to do? Right. Um, so you want to again work through it. Once you've established why, then you can work on it. Now, I will share with you for me, right? Get personal and just share my experience because I think that's the best way. So remember, um, I think it was back in February when I spoke about the weight, right? Yeah, I believe it was in February um, that I talked about weighting. But um, regardless, you can go back and watch that and listen to that episode. And I mentioned that I was waiting on certain things to happen in my life that I truly believe that I'm going through a season of waiting, not just waiting on one thing, um, but waiting on several things. And I said I would share at some point what I was waiting on. So here, back in February, the first week of February, I did my annual mammogram, right? Because I'm getting to that age, <laughs> going to be 40 years old in a couple of weeks. But I actually did my first mammogram years ago, um, my first mammogram years ago because of a history of um, breast cancer in, the, in my family. And so I've had the experience, experiences with that. And but and that time I got a call back as well. But getting the call back this time, you know, it really scared me because they were like, oh, well, we, you, we, we want to see it was a diagnostic mammogram and ultrasound. I'm like, what do they need to diagnose? And I, I will tell you, when I got the call for a moment, it's like I couldn't hear what the woman was saying on the other line. She had to repeat it like three times. And so I had to like really snap myself back into what I would tell my clients is to start giving yourself some positive thinking and some po positive talk 
um, self-talk to, to myself to say, you know, I don't know what's happening and I need to find out before I freak out. And so that's what I did. I, once, once I was able to hear what she was saying, I got off the phone and I knew I needed to call two people. I needed to call, um, someone in the medical field that I know, a woman, there were both women that I called and someone who is a Christian who I knew would pray for me. The person who is a doctor is also a woman of faith, but I needed her specifically to speak to me on the medical side of it, to give me straight blank what she thought it was and what I needed to do. And of course, she couldn't um, definitively say this is what's going to happen, but she asked me some very important questions. She's like, who is your OBGYN? Who is your general practitioner? And, you know, she knew those, the woman um, that are on both sides. That's the, the woman that's my OBGYN and the woman that's my primary care. And she's like, well, you have a good team, Cynthia. So I needed to hear that. I needed to hear from a medical standpoint that if there was something wrong, that I had a good team. And she wanted to affirm me that, that Cynthia, we don't know what is going to happen. You're going to go back and they're going to see. It might not be anything. And they just want to check because, you know, they need to know how your breasts are. Is it just so, you know, lumpy or whatever? They need to understand your breast. But if there is a chance that there is something going on, you have a good team and you have a good team of doctors that will be able to take care of you. And I found some comfort in that. And she's like, when is your appointment? And the fact that my appointment would be the next month in early March was like, okay, that's a, a good sign because if there was something severely wrong or if they had some, um, you know, big red flag, you would be going in the next day or, or, you know, when they called you or the same day that they called you. And so that gave me some peace, right? And then I, I spoke to the woman that I know would pray because as a woman of faith, as a Christian, I needed that. I needed someone to speak to me in the language of, of faith and, you know, to build up my spirit, man, because now, um, I build up the logic side of me with the doctor, with her telling me, you know, this, this is what you need to do. Take time, relax. And, you know, you have to go through it first before you panic. And so having um, both those sides for me worked. And I think that's what, you know, we need to do. We need to establish if there's something going on with us, what works for us. I can't tell you what will work for you. You have to know yourself enough to know what works for you and follow that course. And so that worked for me. I did not. And I <laughs> will encourage women, if you um, go for your mammogram and you get a call back, right? You know, the one time when we don't want to call back is after we do any <laughs> um, exams, any physical exams, right? And so I, I didn't want to call back to say to come back for anything. When you get in a call back for a job, when you get in a call back for a promotion, you want those callbacks, but you certainly do not want to call back to say come back. Um, we need to do further exploration on your breast and it's going to take three hours, right? <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do with my breast for three hours? But anyways, and I did not, and I will encourage you women, do not go on the internet, right? I purposely did not because I know I would go down a rabbit hole looking up what does it mean when you have to go back in for a diagnostic um, mammogram and ultrasound? So I did not do that. I, I resisted doing that until the day I was heading into the 
the hospital to do this three-hour exam because I got a, a little nervous. I'm going to be honest. I got a little nervous and I looked and I looked briefly and then I came out because I'm like, mm -mm, I'm not, I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to see what this is all about. And, um, so for me that, you know, that experience when I, I went in, so I went through all of February because I said this happened in the beginning of February. I went in for the mammogram, so I had to go through all of February. Thank God it's it's a short month. <laughs> and, you know, but I, you know, talking to those two women, I got some comfort. And of course, they're older women, so they were able to guide me in the sense that not only professionally the doctor and not only the woman of faith, but also in their personal experiences as being older women, they have had several mammograms, right? And so they're like, you know, you know, um, my friend, the one that prayed for me is like, they just want to know your breast and understand your breast to see what's normal or abnormal. If this is whatever they're seeing as normal or abnormal. And the same thing, you know, my friend, the doctor said to me as well. And so, you know, I just rested on that, right? There were moments when it popped up in my head, like, oh my God, what's wrong? You know, and then I, I you know, like I have always said, acknowledge how you're feeling. Don't push it away. Acknowledge that it's there. Deal with what you're feeling. If that means you're going to take a moment to cry, you're going to take a moment to scream, you're going to take a moment to talk about it, you do that. But don't. And then I had to tell myself, do your positive self-talk. Cynthia, you don't know what it is. Wait until you go and then you act then. And I will tell you that the, the, the drive there was horrifying waiting in the waiting area was horrible, right? I mean, service was great. The technicians and everyone was great. But just sitting there and seeing other women in my same position waiting to do this exam to, to get this same result. Because initially when I went for the, the first mammogram, <laughs> I sat someplace totally different. So I passed those women knowing that they are just going for their, their annual mammogram, just, you know, and then we are separated into a separate room with this common music. And it was every woman of every race, you know, representing every race and representing, um, every age was sitting in this room with me. There were maybe 10 of us. Right. And when I was finally called and going through that, um, that mammogram again, I will tell you it's, it's a painful experience, but on top of being a painful experience, it was just, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And, you know, even before they called me to go in, all these thoughts went through my head as what have I missed out on life? What is it I want to do? What if it is something there? What do I want to do with my life, my life um, after, you know, a diagnosis, right? And so all of that went through my, my, my head. And I was like, okay, what's going to change after this, right? But thankfully, 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 yes, there is a lump there, but it's just a cyst in my left breast. I have a and I could see it. So the funny thing is after the mammogram, I went to the, do the ultrasound. And so the ultrasound technician, she had both um, images of both my breast. And she did the left one first. And I could clearly see something round in my breast and freak. I When I say I freaked out, but then I started praying. And again, I started talking to myself as I would suggest to my clients to do. And I just started talking to myself that you don't know what that is. And it may or may not be anything. Just wait till the ultrasound technician does her job and you will know when the doctor speaks to you. But just seeing the, the <laughs> but just seeing the image and 
clearly seeing something there and she went over so many times over that spot i'm like yep there's something there and so there is and it's there and you know they're gonna check on it next year i guess a lot of women have cysts in their breasts and it will go away or if it grows too much they can um go in and burst it or whatever they do with it but you know um after that right and then in my right breast my right breast is just lumpy because i could see something there too but it's just um lumpy i have a lot of um don't know the medical terminology for that but i'll just say my breast is lumpy but um even knowing that okay thank god it's not i don't even want to say it right it's not the the c it's not cancer just the stress of going through that right going through those that, that three hours those three hours of waiting and of course that month of waiting it was it was hard and it's i think we also have to process right we have to process even when we get good news we have to process the build up of that everything that happened in between the not knowing right because i remember when i talk about waiting this is this notion for me this idea of the unknown i didn't know what was going on in, with my body i didn't know what the results were going to say i didn't know what the doctor what the technicians were gonna find and so dealing with all of that dealing with every emotion that came to me in that room while i was waiting every emotion that came to me while the mammogram was being done and while the ultrasound was being done and even when the doctor was talking to me and she was like do you have any questions and i was like no but i had so many questions but at that point relief i was relieved but i was also overwhelmed with so many emotions emotion of thank you lord so many emotions emotions of Oh my God! What about those other women? Would all of will all of them get the same result as I did? You know, and praying for them and the emotions of, you know, wow! What am I doing with my life? Am I doing everything that I want to do? And I know that I'm fulfilling my passion, but there are some things, some decisions and choices that you know I've made or haven't made because of you know um, cultural norms, the 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 way of the world, you know what's acceptable. Um, in the world religion wise what's acceptable by faith and i just started thinking about every all of that and so i say all of that to say to you don't be hard on yourself even when you get a good report that you somewhat still have this overwhelming feeling of sadness or whatever that feeling is for you it's okay because the thing is your body went through so much your emotions went through so much and you have to process through that and we can't just continue on our lives and just okay it's not cancer i'm good it's just a cyst move on from it it's really me processing through that whole month of talking to myself through it of the ride there and thinking about what is this what is this and how am i going to handle it you have to go through your process of dealing with everything that came up for you in that situation when it could have been something else i hope you understand that deal with every emotion that came up in your mind in your thoughts every emotion that came up in your physical body you need to go back and process all of that even after a good report process everything you know and and so if you don't suddenly feel total relief i know something lifted off my shoulder but there was still this weight of oh my god i just went through that it, it's tra it's it's trauma it's traumatic right and it's okay 
to feel how you feel and don't let anyone say to you, well, you don't have cancer, so you should be okay. No, some of us will walk out of there, okay, fine, and move on with our lives, but some of us need that time to process, to even cry, to scream, to be like, oh my God, I just went through that traumatic experience. So experience it. I say all I said all of that to say, experience whatever you need to experience process all of it don't move on from it because you got a good report if within you you're still dealing with thoughts and emotions that need to be resolved you want to resolve them okay so all right so what next right that was a whole lot um but i tell you but even with that and knowing, like I said, it's the cyst and me having to process then through all the feelings and all the emotions and all the thoughts that I dealt with for that month and on waiting to go and even on the day that I was there, I'm getting older. Like he said, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be 40. My body is changing. Woman, your body changes as as we get older. When we have children, our body continuously changes. changes. And I realized that my body is changing and now I need to figure out what I need to do, what I need to eat. Um, I need to start exercising more. I've, I've stopped doing that as, as well as I used to. And I've stopped for a while. And now, you know, it's affecting me. It's affecting my motivation, right? And so I want to say to you to think about where you are in your life, right? Age-wise, what's going on with you? What's going on with your physical body that might be hindering you? And so I realized that there's other things going on. I'm not going to go in, in details with that. I've been dealing with reproductive things for several years. And so working through that and those things can really um, stress, stress our bodies and you know, um, our emotions and how we react to certain things. I know I'm more irritable because of what's going on with me. And so that's why I say we have to rule out certain things like why are, so we can really understand what's going on and why it's happening. And so I encourage you, you know, especially women to do the same, think about everything that could be happening. Um, and it's not to, to give you an excuse, but to to give you reasons to understand then what do I need to do? Now, I need to eat differently. And again, I need to start exercising, finding the right exercise for myself not to lose weight because, you know, I am really a, a thin person. I don't need to lose weight, but I need to still build muscle and work out so I can get the energy that I need to do what I need to do. And I encourage you to do the same. Figure out what you need to do, what's going on with your body. What is your body saying to you? That may be the reason for your lack of motivation. I know my body is beating me up and that's part of why it's fighting so hard to do what it needs to do. Um, and so it's fighting against itself. And so I have to do what I need to do, nourish it right and give it, give it what it needs to um, keep it going. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit because um, as most of you know, if you've listened to this podcast, I was born in Jamaica and, you know, the violence against women in Jamaica is increasing. You know, recently a woman was killed in Jamaica. She she was only 20 years old. And she isn't the only one since this year has started. She is just, she is one of many. I won't say she's just because there is no she's just. She is one of too many. And you know what? It really it has to stop. And I just want to know what will it take to stop it? What is it we need to do women, men 
who support women, men who advocate for women, men who are our allies. I'm asking you as well, what will it take for it to stop? And so since this is our month, women, let's discuss it. Again, men, if you're an advocate for women, you know, if you're our ally, listen in as well, you know, and share your thoughts and ideas because we need to figure it out. And first and foremost, I think we just need to be more vigilant. And when I say that, I want to put out this disclaimer that every woman who has been killed in Jamaica, in the States, or anywhere else in the world for that matter, I am in no way or form saying that their their deaths were um were was their fault because it, it wasn't. No way or form saying that their 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 debts were their faults. Oh my gosh, can't say TH Jamaicans, right? That that thing about us with the TH. But you know, basically saying that it's not on them. It's not their fault. You know, it's the individual or individual. It's the individual or individuals who killed those women. They are the ones to blame. And so, you know, I just wanted to make that very clear. But going back to being vigilant, um, there are three points that I want to make, and I think we all know this, but we need to really go back to the basics because I think that's what will work for us women. You know, um. The saying when we're growing up, you know, when you're a young girl is that do not go anywhere with anyone without informing someone else unless, you know, unless you are grabbed, woman. Don't go in a car. Don't go around the road. Don't let, don't go in someone else's home. Don't go anywhere with anyone without informing someone else. I remember being a teenager and someone always knew where I was. My sixth grade teacher told me that. She told me to always watch my surroundings. And she she also told me that always let someone else know where you are at each and every moment. If you move from one place to the next, text somebody, call someone, let them know where you are at. And I think that's one of the things that we need to do. If we normally take the bus home or if we normally take our car home and today we're going to get a ride with someone, let somebody else know, right? If someone comes up to us without, um, we weren't, we didn't have plans to go out to dinner and they want to take us out to dinner, text someone. Or if you have plans to go out to dinner, let your girlfriend know, let somebody in your family know, because that way, Someone would know who the last person you were with. Someone would know where's the last place that you intended on intended on going. That way, if someone, God forbid, has to come and look for you, the authorities, they would know that you were intending on going here. So let's start in this area, right? Or you were with Jane or John. So let's ask Jane and John what happened, right? So that's the first thing. It sounds very simple, but I think that's where we need to start. Always let someone know where you are. You know, again, there are different circumstances. Sometimes, you know, individuals, women are grabbed that they don't have time to to send a text or to call someone. So we understand that. But if you have the ability to do and the opportunity to do so, please do so. The second thing is women, change up your routine. Do not have a pattern that anyone can follow. And that goes for men, women, boy, girl, everybody. Change up your routine. As a boy and girl, particularly talking to Jamaicans, you know, 
you're taking the bus home and you take this way if there's another way you know take that way when you're walking if there's another way take that way don't have a routine where someone will know that this is the way Jane goes every single day. She gets off of work at four o'clock. By 4.15, she reaches to the bus stop. When she gets on the bus, this is what she does. When she gets off the bus, she stops here and say hi to this person. Don't let anyone know. Have your routine down. Change it up. So no, because what people do is they watch, right? Someone who wants to take you, they will watch your pattern so they can plan and prepare how they're going to take you. Yes, some people sometimes do it spontaneously, but chances are it's someone that knows you that's going to grab you and they know your pattern. And even if it's a stranger, believe me, they have watched you for a certain amount of time to know what your pattern is. So if you don't have a routine, you don't have a pattern, it is harder for someone to grab you, right? And oftentimes they're not grabbing you. It's someone you know that you're going to go with. So even then, even someone not knowing your pattern, it's harder for them to all of a sudden, coincidentally, buck up on you. And Jamaicans know what I, I mean. It's it, it would be, there would be no coincidence of in them just running into you on your way home. That's because they know your pattern. That's because they know your routine. That's because they know your schedule. So it can just be, oh my God, what a coincidence that I see you here. Not, chances are, because they know your routine, they make themselves present wherever they know you will be at a certain time. Hey, how are you? I'm start a conversation. Follow me here or go here with me or they show up at your workplace. I'll take you home. Make somebody know. Call in the presence of other people, your co-workers and say, John, go and take me home. So John, no, you better change your mind about taking you home if his motives aren't just to take you home. If he has other motives other than some genuine one of taking you home. And the third one that I want to say is remember <laughs> this idea of we go to the bathroom in groups, women, the same thing. Do the same thing as much as you can in every situation. In Jamaica, if you walk into the bus stop, walk with a group of people. Find a friend, find somebody that you can walk with. And we know sometimes people set us up. I'm not even going to go down that road. Let's stay right here. Stay right here with the idea of walking in groups. You know, you go into your vehicle. Don't walk to your vehicle by yourself. Even if walking to your vehicle is walking um, on the street, on the road with other people around you. People are so busy about their own lives that most time they don't see you unless there's somebody there that have a vested interest in where Cynthia is walking to. People do doing their own thing. So don't think because I'm walking with a road full of people that someone won't come and other people, go, you know, going to see you. They may not see because they're so busy doing their own thing. So you want to walk to your like I said, you, you know, you want to walk with your to your vehicle um, with someone else. And so, yeah, I didn't realize. Sorry about that, guys. There, there might be a little bit of break because I'm recording on my web and not um, I'm recording a different way. So it only gives me a certain amount of time. But regardless, um, my point is to make sure you're walking in a group. Walk with someone else, right? Um, that way 
um, there's other people in the vicinity, there's other people close to you, though. So if someone approaches you, even someone that you know approaches you, they would change their mind because someone would be easily be able to easily identify them as the one that you went with, right? And so, like I said, those three points are pretty basic, but I think if we we have to start from somewhere, and I think basic is where we need to to start from. Now, violence against women has, you know many avenues. If we go talk about domestic violence as violence in the home, there's a whole list of other things that women can do to protect themselves and that families and friends can do to protect those women that are being abused in their homes. And one of those things I would just share with you quickly is not to turn that person away is not to say to that person, why you don't left the man already, right? Why you don't leave him? I'm tired of hearing the same story. Leave him. Don't give up on that person. And don't say those words to that person because statistics show that a woman has to leave at least seven times, leave her abuse at least seven times before she really leaves. She's going to leave and come back, leave and come back, leave in her mind, leave and come back at least on average of seven times before she really leaves. And what she needs from you is not that I told you to leave that man. You know what? I've given up on you because each time you come, you go back to him. She doesn't need that. What she really needs from you is to say, this is a safe space that you can always come. This is a safe space to where you will not be judged even if you choose to go back. You can clearly state that, you know, I think it's best if you leave. But if you go back, how can I support you when you go back? Because the thing is, that abused woman is being possibly verbally, physically, emotionally, sexually, financially, spiritually, all forms of abuse happening. And so the last thing that person needs is for you to then verbally abuse them by telling them, you know, you should leave and why you stay and you're not listening. They don't need that from you. That's a form of you abusing them as well. What they need from you. And of course, they don't need, don't think that you are agreeing with their decision. You can clearly tell them you don't agree, but still support them, right? You're you're not um you're not you're not being blind to the situation. You're supporting them. So you know you don't want to, you know, I know people say I don't want to be a hypocrite. It's not being hypocritical. You can say I don't agree with this, but how do you need me to help you? You can always come here, right? What these women need is no judgment from us. Don't go back and tell the woman about her life when you're upset with her. You know how we Jamaicans are. That's why you have the man will beat you. She get beaten and go tell everyone. If someone comes to you, keep that personal and keep that private if that person doesn't want to share it with anybody else, right? And then you might say, well, how do I protect her? She's going to go back and get harmed. You know, I need to protect her. I need to tell everybody in the family. I need to tell all my friends. No, that's not the way you go about it because that's the way of you pushing somebody away. You can sit down and you can say, can we, how can I help you? Can we work out a plan just in case something happens? What would you like me to do, right? You want to get the person's permission of what they would want you to do because the, the truth of it is you can't you can't stop what's going to happen. Someone has to make that choice for themselves to come out of it, right? And so all you can do is be a support. 
right? And, and, and separate the difference between what support is from what is like condoning, right? You're not condoning the behavior, but you're supporting the person the way that they need you to support them. Not how you think you need to support them, but how they need you to support them. And that doesn't mean you're agreeing with how they live their lives. That doesn't mean that, you know, you are somehow supporting that person being abused. That's not what you are doing. You are merely supporting that person by providing, and I can't say it enough, by providing a safe space for them to be, a safe space for when, when they are ready. Because if all they hear from you is you should leave the person and I told you and I've given up on you, then they will feel even more like they have nowhere to go. But if they know that they have a place, if they have an outlet, allow that place, allow you and your space to be that outlet for them. Okay? And so that is it. Until next time. You may follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Lovely Linky and YouTube at Lovely Linky Inspirations on my website at lovelylinkyinspirations.com. You may also email me at lovelylinkyinspirations at gmail.com. Please share, like, and subscribe. Until next time, let's stay connected. So come now, join me next week as we continue to encourage, motivate, and inspire each other. Talk soon. Until then, live good.